Well, hello, lovely humans, and welcome to Engage, a wedding planning podcast for the modern day couple. I'm your host, Jamie Wolfer, and I truly believe that wedding planning does not need to be complicated or time consuming. I kind of picture these episodes like jumping on a quick phone call with your wedding planner. You get your answers and you go on your merry way because sometimes not all of us have an hour to dedicate to listening to super long podcasts or super long intros. So without further ado, let's just jump right on into it. We are focusing on budgeting and funding, which is everyone's favorite topic, the B word that like literally, gosh, it's just sometimes it comes across as like a curse word. Sometimes it comes across as a badge of honor. Sometimes it's just like, I love and hate everything about this word. Once you're done with wedding planning, you're like, I don't want to hear the word budget for like a really long time. First and foremost, coming out with a hard hitter. How do I manage all those hidden fees that go into wedding planning? Because this is getting out of control. One ask ask, 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 continually ask vendors, not continually, but like follow up if need be. Ask them, say, you know, according to this invoice, this looks like the price. Are there any other costs that come could come into play moving forward uh, or anything that we should be aware of? Any sort of sales tax, any sort of corkage fee, any sort of cake cutting fee. But what we find in like the more budgeted range is you really won't be shocked by a bunch of additional costs moving forward. This is more, I think maybe it's just me, but I feel like this is a lot more of an exception than a rule. I don't think, like at least with my clients and what I've seen working with you guys, obviously we've been doing this for years. It's not like every single person planning a wedding just gets bombarded with like, I had no idea this was coming or, oh my goodness, I'm so shocked. Um, It's more of like the little things that add up over time. So one, ask your vendors. Be like, hey, (laughs) Anything I should be prepared for, surprised by, anything that I might add on that could cause this to go higher, just so we really want to be cognizant of the money that we're spending and we want to be smart with it. So we want to make sure we're properly allocating to these categories and give them room and space to provide feedback. Second of all, be careful who you book, I guess, if you are operating off of a budget that really means you have to stay particular with this. There's a client that we are working with right now who I'm really glad I got to her before she booked a venue because she was debating between two. Both of them on paper seemed pretty similar, had tables, chairs, no linens. You have to bring those in. You have to bring in your catering. Literally like a lot more of a shell venue that just happened to have tables and chairs. But I got to her and I was like, just ask if they have required vendors versus preferred vendors versus can you bring in your own people? And there was a glaring difference between the two. Once she asked those questions, one location was like, yeah, you can bring in whomever you want. They just have to do the busing and like the tearing down at the end of the night, but you can bring in a food truck. You can bring in, or you can hire a service staff. We've got tons of flexibility here. The other one was like, if you don't use full service catering, you can't get married here. Two very different things. And the original price point of renting the venue was very similar, maybe 500 to $1,000 off, which I know $1,000 doesn't make it very similar, but in the grand scheme of things where this pricing was, it was pretty close. So make sure you are booking strategically. And then lastly, make sure you have a contingency in place. In the master plan, as you guys know, there is a 10% contingency amount that we have included in the budget. That is not there as a general suggestion. That is there as, oops, I didn't know this was coming. There's a little whoopsie fee. Or I thought I wanted to DIY this and now I want literally nothing to do with this. This I've lost all my excitement or, you know, here was the plan. The plan has shifted. It's now going to cost more money. That's what that contingency is there for. And I go into detail on that specifically a little bit more, obviously, in the master plan. But notice that it's not all for unforeseen fees. So it is kind of this feeling of like, what if I just get 
you know, bombarded with all of these additional, I, I really don't see that happening very frequently. Make sure you're being strategic, asking the right questions, and you're not locking yourself into some sort of venue that really pushes you into these higher brackets. Some of those additional costs could be kind of what I mentioned, corkage fee. You could be charged for every single bottle that's opened. Cake cutting fee, you could be charged for every single slice of cake that's being cut. But that tends to be the higher end venues or the higher end caterers. So you can kind of avoid bumping into those fees if you're strategic about who you book. My friends over at Honey Fund are literally on a mission to make all couples' honeymoon dreams come true, regardless of their budget. Why? Because couples who take a honeymoon and travel together regularly are happier in their marriages. According to a 2022 independent study of married American couples, couples who took a honeymoon were more likely to be happily married 11 plus years later. What? If you're worried that you don't have the budget for a honeymoon, Honey Fund has your back. They make it so unbelievably easy to register for your honeymoon and your guests will absolutely love it. Make your honeymoon happen with Honey Fund, the most trusted honeymoon and cash registry. Sign up for your honeymoon registry today at honeyfund.com. Next question. What could I do to help reduce my wedding reception expenses? Goodness gracious, how much time do we have? (laughs) You could do a lot. Gosh, let's see. Beg, borrow, barter. You do not have to have everything from scratch. And that's hard. I'm I'm coming out swinging on this one. That's really hard because a lot of people, a a lot of brides I know kind of feel like, well, I don't want to borrow something. I want it to be original. I want it to be fresh. That was me. I'm not being accusatory in this at all. That was 100% me where I was like, I just, I don't, I just want it to be my ideas and I don't want it to be anybody else's. I'm an Enneagram three. So that explains anything. I wanted it to be special. Okay. So I had a hard time kind of coming to grips with borrowing or those kinds of things. But once I realized how much more financially affordable that made things, dude, off to the races, off to the races. So see what you could borrow, see what you could barter if you will have a service that you could trade someone else for. See if that works. Second of all, go minimal. You do not have to go lavish with centerpieces. You can go really, really simple. You can go flowerless. You don't have to have flowers at all. Now there is kind of this misconception that if you go fake flowers, that'll be cheaper. Not necessarily, uh, unless you go for Dollar General or Dollar Tree style fake flowers, the ones that are super, super cheapy looking. Those, of course, are going to be more affordable, but they're going to look like silk flowers. If you're going for the realistic looking ones, they're not necessarily cheaper. So make sure you're going really minimal with those centerpieces. Try to pick a location that's already naturally beautiful. So you don't need to bring in a lot of things. You don't need a backdrop. You don't need an arch. I don't care how many times you see a hexagon archway or an octagon archway on Pinterest with really pretty flowers and maybe a little like drapey, gauzy fabric stuff, you don't need it. So really paring down visually what you want to be there is another excellent way of cutting down on those wedding reception expenses. Um, Another way of doing that is to really simplify the food offerings. I mentioned food trucks quite often about how that could be a really affordable option. And then people get really excited. They're like, we can have more than one. Nah, fam. Pick one and then have like two, maybe three entrees. We really want to streamline this because if you are going with multiple options or going, this can get out of hand really, really quickly. So make sure that you are making strategic decisions and not having a lot of offerings. You can also go really inexpensive with um, appetizers for cocktail hour food. Keep that really streamlined as well. But the biggest way you can make your reception less expensive is to cut that guest list. And I know that one's hard to hear. And I know that's not always an easy solution for everybody, but you either make your guest list work for your budget or your budget work for your guest list. They kind of like go hand in hand. And I did a video, gosh, years ago at this point where uh, it's your number one 
wedding budget killer. And it is the amount of people you invite because you are renting a chair for each person that sits there and a linen for the table that they're at and the table that they're at and the centerpieces. And I can go on and on. So hopefully those are a couple of quick options for you. There are plenty of other ways that you can be saving for sure. The day you pick, where you pick it, on season, off season, tons of examples. But if I keep going, it'll probably take over the entire the entire recording, right? Hopefully that will get you started. Advice on how to know if prices are reasonable. I'm looking around and can't tell if my budget is unrealistic. What's your best advice for stopping yourself from obsessing over how expensive everything is? Okay, so... First of all, reasonable is subjective. I don't know if you've ever been in a wedding planning Facebook group. If you're not in a wedding planning Facebook group, you should come join ours because, gosh, I think we're sitting at over 40,000 people in there right now, which is nuts. It's absolutely insane. I love this group. It's so precious. Um, And because it's so fun, actually, Facebook is actively like encouraging people to join it, which is cool. I'm like, look at us. Facebook's, you know, pushing people our direction. That's fun. That has nothing to do with what we're talking about, Jamie. Focus. So if you've been in a wedding planning Facebook group, you will see if someone says, you know, how do I find a photographer for a reasonable bu- reasonable budget or for that doesn't cost an arm and a leg? Those kind of terms are not helpful at all. Like really and truly, because that doesn't have a numerical amount attached to it. One person might think $1,000 is an astronomical amount to spend on a photographer. Another person might think I would spend up to $5,000 for a photographer. Watch me. Like, absolutely, I'm going to be doing that. So number one, Start speaking very clearly about what your budget is. Do not be ashamed of it. It's going to make this process a lot cleaner and a lot simpler and a lot faster for you. If you have $2,000 for a photographer, it's going to narrow down your choices real quick, right? I am looking around. I can't tell if my budget is unrealistic. A budget isn't unrealistic. Expectations are. Wow, that was really profound. Okay, let me say that one more time. A budget is not unrealistic. You can have a $5,000 wedding. Your expectations can be unrealistic. You can have a $2,000 wedding. You can have a city hall wedding where it's just you, witnesses, and a thrift store dress. Not the budget that's unrealistic. It's what you expect this money to do for you. So if you have a smaller budget, be looking at examples of weddings at that budget. We do something called Wedding Feature Wednesday every single week where we show uh, one of your weddings, someone who has been through the master plan or who has followed me on YouTube. It's wild. It's wild that you guys share these albums with me. But we also share their budgets. Look to those for inspiration. Budget Savvy Bride does this fantastically over on her website. You can actually filter through and look at photos from real life weddings at a specific budget. That's another great way of making sure that you have realistic expectations for what these finances can achieve. A lot of them, especially the newer ones, also have a budget breakdown to show how much they spent in certain categories. So it's not the budget that's unrealistic. It's what do you expect that money to do for you? What's your best advice for stopping yourself from obsessing over how expensive everything is? Uh, This is, oh gosh, this is really hard. But I think once you look at those budgets and I think once you look at those categories of how much you should be spending in those areas based on similar budgets, that's going to be the best like bucket of ice water, ALS challenge, right? All over you just be like, okay, whoo. It, I can make it happen, but I can only spend $300 on flowers. That's where my new expectation is. And that's how you stop yourself by looking at other options, by being able to take a look at these other budgets from really obsessing over these higher budget items. So it's about focusing specifically on what you know to be achievable. Hopefully that is a helpful answer. I know budgeting and oh, it's just this whole, this whole topic is so rough. Um, 
but immerse yourself in budgets and in, in weddings with budgets similar to yours and adjust your expectations accordingly. That doesn't mean that you can't look at the, all the pretty Pinterest, Pinterest photos, try to copy them or emulate them in some way, but it does hopefully provide you with a little bit of clarity to be able to go, you know what? That's not, that's not going to be as achievable as I thought it was going to be. Listen, wedding budgets suck. They're just like the actual worst. And the hardest part for me is that weddings are not cookie cutter. They're not one size fits all. And I think it's important to make sure that you're budgeting according to your priorities. Build a budget that works with your vision and you'll be on the path to planning a wedding that you really want. So if you want my recommendations for making your perfect budget for you and your partner, head on over to weddingpriorities.com. What's your best tip you can give for someone who wants to stick to the, their set budget but could afford to spend more? I have a budget of 15000 and want to stick to that, but we could afford to spend more if we wanted to. So it makes it seem easy to just say, oh, I could spend a little bit more. Ha, okay. So it seems to me like you want to spend more. Like there's just this idea of like, I don't, I don't want it to stop at fifteen. Part of you probably does. Part of you is like, no, no, wait, it, it's, I don't want to spend any more. I want to have like money for groceries afterwards. But the other part of you goes, yeah, but if it's really important, I'm, I'm willing to wiggle on this. So it seems to me just based on this, that you probably would very easily spend a little bit more. If you wanted to stick to this budget, you'd be frightened of spending more. You'd be like, we're not doing it. It's absolutely not happening. If you wanted to stick to it, you'd stick to it. But because you have this wiggle room, it's tempting to use that. So I think it means just like a come to Jesus moment of like, okay, am I extending this budget or no? Make that decision. Not just like, oh, we'll throw a little bit more on. Oh, we'll throw a little bit. Because then that just snowballs out of control and your budget could really, really get away from you. So either you sit down and say, okay, we are extending this to 18,000 and that's going to be the cap. That's going to be what we're stopping at. Or you know what? No, we could spend a little bit more, but we're not going to. It really is like having that moment of stopping yourself. Other than that, I, I just feel like I don't know what process works best for you. But at a certain point, you just have to say no. Is that even helpful? I don't, this is the hard part where when people ask like, how do I stick to a budget? I'm like, you do, <laughs> you know, um, if you want to stick to your budget, you'll stick to it. If really deep down, this is something you want to do, you will do it. How do you do that? You set parameters. You don't go over budget on things. Or if you do go over budget on one category, you compensate by making something else less expensive. Maybe you have to cut out an hour of photography because you chose a more expensive venue. Maybe you have to opt for a less expensive caterer that doesn't include busing. So your family and friends have to clean up the venue afterwards for you because you wanted to prioritize adding in a videographer. You, Those are ways that you can, can kind of make those allowances and still stick to your budget by still splurging on the things that you feel like are important. But the best way to spend money, well, no, hold on. My mom always said this and I'm already butchering it. The best way to save money is to not spend it. And I, oh, I hated when she'd say that when I was a kid. I was like, then money, same money, then spend it. But really and truly, if you don't want to spend it, don't spend it. Just, just either give yourself the allowance, give yourself an extra grand, an extra two grand. If you feel like you have that money and you keep getting tempted to use it, toss it in there. If you come in under budget, you're going to feel like a superhero. All right. If you come in under that, you're going to be like, I'm a boss. Yes, you are. Congratulations. But if you find yourself really struggling to stick to that, add more to it. If you can, if that's a possibility, if you are struggling with wedding planning and you have questions and you just need someone to listen and to chat with, come join us in the master plan community over at themasterplanwed.com. I would love to have you in there. Thanks so much for listening. If you haven't done so already, subscribe, jump on over to wherever you're listening to this podcast and leave a five-star review so we can let the podcast people know that Jamie knows what she's talking about sometimes. <laughs> and until next time, bye guys. <laughs>